Welcome to Marta the Minimalist, a podcast for entrepreneurs like you, looking to minimalize your life, business, and mindset with your host, CEO, speaker, and best-selling author, Marta Saray Greca. We are live on Facebook. I'm recording the newest episode of Marta the Minimalist, Minimalist podcast exclusively for you, the ladies in my Facebook community, the minimalist method for prosperous female entrepreneurs. So if you're in that group, you get first dibs on the weekly episodes of Marta the Minimalist podcast. And you know that I only bring you the best guests with the most expertise. So this week I'm bringing you Paula Shepard, who's going to tell you what this one God-given gift you have that you can use to get yourself clients on repeat without using social media. And I always love to learn more on this topic myself because you guys know that I talk a lot about online marketing and social media, and that's how I get my clients. So I love to know how um, my friends and clients get their clients otherwise. Before I go on, Paula's going to introduce herself. Paula, why should they give a shit about what you have to say today? Who are you? Oh man, there are so many. Do we, how much time do we have? Um, well, because I started my business after the age of 40. So I was in corporate America for a really long time, almost 20 years between nonprofits, um, being in corporate corporate leadership. And, um, it just started to feel like I was living someone else's life or a life someone else mapped out to me. And I decided to start my business and I really had no idea what I was doing. And I've listened very intuitively to my evolve, what I call the evolving voice. And as I've shifted and changed, I've just been able to, uh, grow along with it instead of forcing myself to stay in that one place. And I've been able to do it without spending hours and hours and hours on social media. That's why you should care. Cause who wants to spend all day there? We want genuine connections, but we don't want to live in a digital world. Yeah, I hear you. And even um, as someone who has a media agency and we do a lot of social media for our clients like Paula, we, um, I know that I don't have the apps on my phone 24 seven. I delete them. They're only on my phone a couple hours a day during working hours. <laughs> And then they get deleted and, um, that's enough for me. Right. So tell the listeners, what is this? What is it? What's this one God given gift that they already have within them that they can use to get clients on repeat? I mean, it's your voice. Yeah. Your voice is it. That's it. And you've been silenced for a long time. We're, we're sitting in the side of the, on the, the corners of the room, um, we're, we're lurking, but we're afraid to speak up and we're, that comes from a variety of different sources and, and history and family and all of that. And it's time that you reclaimed it and started to speak up. Absolutely. Can you give me some examples of a client who came to you and they, their situation was in a certain place and then you help them rediscover their voice and what happened? Oh my gosh. I have a great example. Uh, so I have, I have a, most of my clients are this way. So I have a client who came to me. She was in direct sales at the time. She also was a teacher and she did not want to be teaching anymore. She loves teaching, but she did not want to, um, she didn't want to be teaching in the way that someone else was telling her it needed to be done. Cause she felt like there were a lot of gaps 
But in her mind, direct sales was going to be her way out. And she couldn't figure it out because it relied on other people doing something. So no matter how hard she worked, no matter how many hours she spent on her phone, um, nothing was really shifting. She, she kind of had plateaued. And, you know, at one point in time, we decided that maybe things should shift. Maybe that teaching and tutoring the next generation of leaders in the way that she felt and felt comfortable with and knew was going to drive them forward was the way. And she quickly was able to, by word of mouth and referral, book her business out within two months. She gave her notice to her job and within nine months had brought in three new people created an agency and is now tutoring people, not just in person in the state of Florida, but has people in a variety of other states and also um, has a virtual tutoring option as well. So she's really created this mission and is living it out. And she does not promote much on social media at all. Awesome. And imagine if she did, because you know me, I'm like, Ooh, imagine if she did. Yeah. It would be like, uh, no, but that sounds awesome. So, um, can you tell me a little bit more about, uh, if those of you who are listening right now, um, what might they be going through that it's something that you could help them with? Hmm. Um, well, a lot of it is I work with very ambitious, high achieving women women who, you know, they, they wanted to do well for themselves. They've always kind of stood out as the strong people. Um, and it's the people that don't prioritize themselves in any facet. And so what I would say is really take stock of how you're treating yourself just in general, holistically in your life, not just in your business, because that's just one appendage, right? You're not your business, but really think about are you recreating something in your life that you were trying to leave? So for instance, if you had that toxic job that you left or you're trying to leave and you're really pushing and doing all of the things that you've learned and haven't quite deconditioned from those, and you're bringing them into your business, you're, you're like creating your own personal prison. But now instead of being able to blame someone else's process or leadership, it's all on you. So really focus on what your values are and determine whether or not what you're doing, how you're behaving in your life is an extension of those. Cause you certainly should be building your business around your life and not the other way around. Okay. Awesome. So for you, what was it that made you start going? I can't work in this corporate life anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to go on my own. I'm getting, you know, I'm going to do this business thing. What was your story? Mm-hmm. Well, I honestly didn't really feel like I had friends and it was, it was kind of self-imposed honestly, because I went to work and I was a mom and I was a wife and I was all the things to everybody, but underneath of it all, like when I took all the hats off, I was me and I had no idea what that even meant. So, um, when I started to really focus on myself And part of that was I joined a direct sales company, which I'm no longer a part of, but the beauty in that was I was able to see my true leadership. See, the only leadership I understood and knew was a title and a salary. And now I was basically handed this thing and I had to figure it out. And I realized how good I was at it. And it wasn't that I was standing on a pedestal as a leader is that I created a culture that encouraged other people 
to take ownership. And that made all the difference. And when I realized that about myself, the more I poured myself into that, the less I liked the atmosphere I was going to every single day at work. And I also was only one of five um, females in my local office, even though I worked for a fortune 500 company. And I was the only female manager locally and the only one that had school-aged children. So the more work I did on myself, the less I felt like I fit in there. And eventually it became so transactional that I had to make the decision. Am I just going to be a robot and get up every day and cry on the way to work and cry on the way home from work? Or am I going to do something about it? Yeah. So you did something about it. I did something about it. I did. (laughs) (laughs) And how's that transition been for you? Oh my gosh. It's been thrilling. And uh, that's like probably the best word I could say. I could say exciting, but thrilling more like that fear when you're, when you're getting in line for, to go sit, you know, to, to get on a roller coaster and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Why am I in this line? That looks really scary. It looks even scarier up close. And then you ride it and you're like, oh my God, that was amazing. And that's how I kind of feel being a business owner has been for me. Um, Really high highs. And then there's definitely some lows. And because I was the primary breadwinner in the family by far, right? By leaps and bounds and held the insurance. I felt almost like it was my obligation to continue to maintain that and to demonstrate that I could do it. So I've been able to build my business really, really quickly. Um, I think within nine months I had hit six figures and I know that that's not a normal thing, but I will also tell people that, um, that's because I invested in myself, um, not just Googling things, but I, and, and not just DIY courses. This is because I really genuinely took this seriously and knew that I wasn't going to be able to use you know, glue and paper clips to try to make something beautiful manifest itself that I, I really honestly, in order to create the, the movement and live out the mission and bring the vision to life that I couldn't do it by myself, nor did I want to. Let's talk a little bit more about this, finding your voice, because, um, you are someone who has a voice and you use your voice. What does that mean in practical terms for a female entrepreneur? And what does your mug say? Tell me what oh, it says. You, you, you can. can. It says you can. End of end story. of story. I love it. I love it. <laughs> How many times does your brain go? I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. You know, those are the main two things your brain is probably thinking that of why you can't go and and just rock it out. Uh, so okay. So what does it mean to find your voice? Practical terms. Mm. And by the way, we are, we are actually live in a much larger audience right now on my personal Facebook profile. I'm realizing, (laughs) which is awesome because everybody, how you doing? I love when these technical glitches happen because it just, (laughs) I feel like it's always divine of like, oh, this one person needed to hear it. That wouldn't have heard it otherwise. And and then everybody gets to see our matching outfits. So it all works out. Exactly. And my beautiful scarf from Italy. There you go. (laughs) Okay. So what does it mean? What does it mean to use your voice? So, um, Well, first of all, you have to know what it is and and that's a much deeper thing, right? Um, It's not as simple as just doing what you've always done. 
it's, it's taking some time, creating some solitude, not taking the, the AirPods out of your ears, not listening to audiobooks, not soaking in other people's ideas and thoughts and words. And think about like, what are your, I call them my Paula-isms, right? What are things that I tend to say? Like, what are quirky things that I, um, fr- words and phrases that I use? How would I show up if everyone that I knew was in the same space? How would I behave? How would I act? How would I be? Because, you know, showing up, we show up a little bit differently everywhere and being able to be that person that's completely authentic means I'd have to let go of being a perfectionist because authenticity doesn't live in perfection and using your voice really means tapping into what do you believe in? What do you honestly believed in? What would you say behind closed doors right now? Even if you're not, if you're afraid to say it out loud, what would, what do you stand for? What do you say? And you know, that's, you know, nothing's, nothing's off limits, politics, religion, you know, it doesn't mean that you need to use your, your social media profile as a dear diary, nor should you, but you should at least know what you stand for because so many of us wind up in situations where we want to belong so much that we start to take on the thoughts, ideas, and words of others inadvertently. What would you say is one thing that someone can do to stretch that voice muscle if they're the type who's, you know, quiet and afraid to offend everyone? And maybe they have a conversation and they're thinking about it for the whole entire day. And then they're telling so-and-so here, I had this conversation. What do you think I should have said? How do you think that went? Do you think I embarrassed myself? Do you think I was too mean? What would you say is one thing that someone who is constantly feeling like they're second guessing themselves and second guessing their voice and their mission and their passion, and maybe even holding off on putting themselves out there because they second guess everything. What would be an exercise or something they could do to start to stretch that muscle? Yeah. Um, Well, the first thing I do is ask them who or what they're afraid of, because when that's staring you in the face, it's very difficult to avoid, Mm -hmm. you know, underneath of that is always some kind of fear, fear of, you know, your mother, your aunt Susie, your, you know, old high school people that have no business being on your Facebook for profile because they're just there to stalk you. Right. <laughs> so what are you afraid of? And, and, you know, without going, cause obviously we're not therapists, we're coaches. So we're looking face forward, you know, think about in, can you think of a time where you wish you would have said something when you didn't? Mm-hmm. There's a lot that comes from that. I can think of times where I was in my corporate office, for instance, where something was said and I kept my mouth shut because I didn't think it mattered. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, the minute that you start to do it, the minute that you say something, even very small, without caring or reacting to what someone else says or thinks or the story that you've made up in your head about what they might think, the easier it gets for you to say this. I used to be terrified of even going live. That was to me, I'd make all my kids, everybody be quiet. Don't, don't say anything. Don't move it. Don't go anywhere. Don't, don't embarrass me. Right. And now it's just, it just is like, you might not today, but you might see my five-year-old come make faces and that's just my life. And I'm okay with that. And I'm not for everyone and everyone's not for me has been my mantra 
for a really long time so that I don't get sucked into the popularity contest that social media can tend to feel like at times. And uh, because it's, it's really honestly making us want to belong. So, you know, what are you afraid of and who are you afraid of? And then really figuring out, was there a time, can you think of a time where you didn't speak up or didn't say something that you wish that you would have? And there's so much that you can glean by getting curious about those two things. Yeah. And uh, I can, I can, res- it, that resonates with me because I've shared on here before and on other platforms that um, I, I, you know, in my adolescent years, think some very awful things happened, traumatic things. So I literally would just not speak. It got to the point where I just would not speak. And then as I became an adult and I had kids, you start to care less and you start to speak again. But I felt like I had to be the nice girl all the time, right? Keep my mouth shut say yes, bend over backwards, placate, say nice things, make it okay for everybody else, right? Um, And then as I began to find my voice, it's just so funny because my husband and I have been together for 20 years, right? So he met me right after right after that, all that traumatic stuff happened. And uh, so we've been together for more than half my life, right? I'm 35. And now that in the past five or so years, I've found my voice, there's certain instances he's like, okay, you know how you found your voice? Like, can we just like tone it down a little bit? Because there's been a couple instances where the, and, and this is, might be you, if you're listening, you're like, but I might embarrass myself. I might say the wrong thing. I have totally embarrassed myself. There's actually, we have somebody who we love who's been working on both our houses and he's dependent, he's reliable. He's wonderful. He's a problem solver. He just fixes things without us even asking. And I remember on our first meet, I actually forgot this even happened, but on our first meeting, he has tattoos. And I thought that one of them was a swastika. So I was like, is that, if that's a swastika on your arm, we're done. Like, I can't even go on with this conversation. I can't work with you. Sorry. And he's like, no, it's a, a 412, which is like the zip code for our city, which if you are from Pittsburgh, you would know that that's a 412 symbol, right? And I completely forgot about it. And then I think months later, once he got more comfortable with my husband, he's like, I just want you to know, I don't have a swastika tattoo. <laughs> he's like, what? <laughs> and then he recounted the conversation and he's like, like, what, what, what the heck? <laughs> and it's like, it's okay. You know, we're, you know, we still, we now can laugh about it. And so if you're afraid of speaking your truth or calling people out or um, standing true to your beliefs and you feel like, well, but I might embarrass myself because I might think the wrong thing, just laugh it off. It's okay. You know? Um, and, and that's, that would be my addition to what Paula just said. Yeah. I think there's, um, there's a lot to be said in that and, and understanding that you, when you open the floodgates, sometimes you like, you really open the floodgates. So you'll, you'll find people go from very silenced or muted to like incredibly outspoken. (laughs) And, and you know what, it's okay because then you have to figure out where that middle ground is, or if there is a middle ground, like some people are really polarizing and that's, what's attractive to other people and not in a hateful way, right? Like you, there's duality. You can be kind and be direct at the same time. I always say that's who I am. I'm kind and I'm direct. I'm not just going to placate you. Um, but I, I do think that there is that pendulum that swings really widely from one side to the other, and then you'll naturally figure out that middle ground. And the other thing is understanding that 
we, well, when you're direct like that and you're, you're making a direct comment, but sometimes it's, um, the perception of truths, right? Uh, you're going to say something and someone else is going to take it a particular way when you use your voice because of their life experiences. And that's where effective communication comes in. That's where it's important for us to be able to say, you know, okay, that's not what I actually meant. Are you open to having a conversation about this? And be, and this comes up in business all the time, right? When you have to um, sever business ties, maybe you have a client that's not um, respecting boundaries within your programs. There's a variety of different things that are gonna happen, not just in your life, but also really in business for business owners. And you have to figure out what that sweet spot is. And we're never gonna get it right 100% of the time. The beautiful thing is as we evolve and we get better, we're leading and guiding others to do the same. Absolutely. So if you want to know, well, how do I find my voice? How do I get clients on repeat? Paula has something phenomenal happening Monday that you are going to want to click to join wherever you are watching this. It's either going to be in the show notes or the descriptions or the captions or the comments. Click on the link to join her complimentary Facebook community. Now it starts Monday. Once she finishes her masterclass next week, it is over. Tell them a little bit more about it. Oh my gosh. So what I, the way I've grown my business is through word of mouth referrals and creating an exceptional client experience. So this is not something that people talk about online. There's a lot of forward thinking about sales and marketing. And then what happens when you bring those people into your program, what happens to them? Um, we client retention is incredibly important to me, not from a financial perspective, but from a transformational perspective, because the longer a client can work with you, the better transformation they're going to get. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to talk about the client experience. I'm going to actually walk you through some practical ways to create some, um, up-leveled and exceptional experience opportunities for your clients. So you're going to, this isn't just me talking at you. And then you're going to be able to learn how this is going to help you bring on new leads without chasing them down. And I'm not going to make you do any kind of difficult funnels. You're not going to have to hop through Facebook groups. This is all about boldly leading and a thriving business without living on social media while getting clients to say yes to you repeatedly and share the work that you're doing to bring more on. Absolutely. Speaking of client experiences, you've been working with my team now for a couple of months, almost a couple months. I don't know. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. Um, can you share about your experience of working with uh, myself and my team? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's been a really, honestly, very empowering experience to be able to step back from the things in my business. You know, when I found my solid voice, one of the most difficult things is to feel like you're handing that over to someone else. And I had done that multiple times um, where I just said, I don't, I can't write this anymore. I'm too busy to do this thing. And um, your team is magical because you take the things that I say very naturally, um, the words that I use and, um, and are able to articulate those and literally allow me to take a giant step back, which lets me serve my clients in a much better way and create even more of an exceptional experience for them. So it was, it's become less about, you know, the dump and run and more about, man, I know I'm really supported and it feels like I really do have an amazing team supporting my mission and my vision. 
Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, we do love to support you, Paula. We love you. We only take on clients that we truly feel like we'd love to work with. And we, you know, we were absolutely correct in the, in the thinking that we would love to work with you and that you'd you, you would just shine. So you are shining through and I can't wait to see what happens next week in your masterclass. I urge you all to click the link in the comments descriptions, uh, to her, uh, to her masterclass. And you're going to want to do that now because this isn't something that's going to be up forever that when you have more time or when so-and-so lets you, or when this and that ends, it is a masterclass that starts next week. And once it ends, it gets archived and put away. So this is something that you want to prioritize into your schedule now. And I do want to say thank you to our sponsor this week for this podcast, which is the Confident Woman Collective. If you want to check them out, you can click the link in the description as well. Paula, any last words? You know, use your voice, whatever that means for you. Just one tiny step forward. Just use it today and join me next week because you're not going to want to miss out. It's going to be an amazing experience. Absolutely. Bye everyone.